Hopefully, that'll be all right sound-wise. So, well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> You'll have to forgive the croaky for voice and uh, haven't been feeling too well, but I'm fine. I've had negative tests and everything else. But, um, I would love us to start by praying. Um, I feel like I've been in a bit of a spiritual battle the last couple of weeks. It's been a bit of a strange thing, really. Um, not sure whether that's partly due to me and Lou and the move that's coming up, or whether actually it's specifically about the message this morning in terms of the kind of the content of what we're going to be talking about, which is all about um, the demonic, all about uh, kind of spiritual warfare. And so I'd, I would love us to pray because um, I feel like. It's not that I've got a message to bring. I think the reality is that there are lots of messages that have been bombarding us from the enemy. And today is going to be a great opportunity for us to hear some truth and to kind of get some release from some of that, I hope. So uh, let's just quickly just pray. Um, and then we'll just get stuck into scripture. Holy Spirit, we just, we say that the next 25, 30 minutes, we say it's all yours. And we, we want to open our ears to hear you. We, we are so in need of a douse of truth today to come and infiltrate our hearts and our minds. And we say, Lord God, where there are any blockages in our ears, <laughs> not necessarily physically, although you can heal that too, that would be wonderful. But Lord, spiritually, where there are blockages, where there are things that are stopping us from hearing this truth, we pray, would you release it right now? In Jesus' name. And I just say, would you equip us to be good hearers, but not just hearers, but doers of your word. I pray, would you help our souls and our hearts to be good, uh, fertile soil, that as these seeds are planted today, I pray that it wouldn't just be in one ear and out the other, but I pray would it land and would it take root in our hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're, we're living um, in an age of misinformation. We're living in an age of misinformation where at one time, Knowledge was seen as power. That is making way for a different and more sinister and sadly effective way of influencing people. And that is to actually flood us with lies and half-truths that make distinguishing reality and truth very difficult. Do you agree? We see it all around all the time. It's very difficult, actually, to change the way that people behave or think. But if you can just make them believe something, you can get them to do almost anything. And we've seen that through history, haven't we? And we are, we're living in a time where we have access to more information than anyone else in all of history. But we are also living in a time where nearly half of what we see on the internet and within social media is either fake news clickbait, or designed with the sole purpose of making you think or act differently in order to get you to do something. It's had the biggest influence on politics over the last decade. It's now one of the key weapons, actually, for governments in war. And it's what gets you spend more time and money than you have ever done before. And that probably doesn't come as a shock or a surprise to us, but it should worry us. It should. Because what is being uh, done increasingly played out in the physical is actually just a mere reflection of what has been played out in the spiritual for millennia. For millennia. 
lies, misinformation, fake news, and clickbait has been the number one tactic for Satan, for the devil, and the demonic realm since the very beginning. And in the, in the same way that we get sucked in, don't we, through our phones and through our email and our social media feeds and all those kind of things, the spiritual realms of darkness have been influencing and changing the way that we live and think and behave through lies, through misinformation, and changing the way we live and think and behave through half-truths and spiritual equivalent to clickbait, right, which the Bible calls temptation, just all I, if I just click on that, it will lead me to something which will create happiness. That's all temptation is. And a few weeks ago, Andrew spoke to us about the world and the influence of the world. He used this great illustration of like glasses. All of us is, is like the world and the culture that we live in. We are wearing spectacles. We're wearing glasses. Those lenses that change the way that we perceive the world and see the truths around us. Changes almost like the reality that we see is changed by the culture and the world that we're living in. Now, last week, Sam spoke about the flesh, this part of us that's not so much about the external influences of the world, but those internal desires that are at odds with the desires of our changed hearts, if we're Christians. It's those urges that come naturally to our sinful state. It's any time, if you like, that we uh, kind of deviate back to finding our very legitimate needs for significance and security and acceptance in anyone or anywhere other than God. It's the fight with the flesh. But we do need to see that behind those things, there is also an army in the spiritual realm who are influencing and flooding, if you like, our channels with lies and misinformation that influence the way that we live and the way that even our cultures are formed, all right? So let me just quickly show you a picture which I hope you will find helpful. Uh, this is courtesy of John Mark Comer in his latest book that was out just last month, Live No Lies. I'd highly recommend it. I finished it this week. Um, it's an excellent, excellent book. Um, and he shows us, if we can put that... Thank you. This is literally, I just took a photo out of the book this morning. I've kind of scrapped the whole PowerPoint. It's great, isn't it? So we've got this whole thing of deceptive ideas or lies, all right, from the enemy. They lead to, that kind of play out in our, dis, you know, the disordered desires, the fleshly desires of our heart, which then lead to a normalized, or they are normalized in a sinful society. So we have lies, the deceptive ideas, that come from the devil, that play to disordered desires in our flesh that are normalized in sinful society, the world. So let's just play with those, that idea for a minute and just see, because I think we can actually, we'd have to look too far to see this, how this plays out all the time. So deception. At the very beginning in Genesis, we see the devil, and he brings a deceptive idea. He says, did God really say you could not eat from any uh, fruit of any tree in the garden? All right, it's a deception. Now, God didn't say that, but it was very close, wasn't it? And that plays to the disordered desires. I can be just like God. That's what the enemy says. Now, if you eat of it, you'll be just like him. And that is now normalized, isn't it, in our society. I can make my own identity, and I can be whoever I want to be. How about this one? Marriage. It's just old-fashioned and out of date, Right? It plays to our disordered desires. 
I want, I need, I deserve pleasure and fun. And that is now normalized in a sinful society where you can sleep with who you want and have no commitments or consequences. How about you need to look a certain way? This deceptive idea that actually plays to our disordered desires. Actually, we want to be noticed, don't we? And we want to receive praise. We want to receive attention, and that is now normalized in our sinful society where you have more Botox, more uh, lipo, more lifts, more tucks, all these different things. Deception. How about money buys you happiness? Place to our fleshly desires. I deserve to have more. That's now normalized in a sinful society where people fiddle taxes, get more debt, get another credit card, look the part, do all those things. Can you see how this works out? Deceptive ideas and lies that if you fall for them, that alongside with those fleshly desires which are at odds with God's desires for you, leads us now to a society of absolute brokenness. Over time, what actually would have been frowned upon in a community through the power of lies and the disordered desires of our flesh will not only become normal, but they even, don't they, become celebrated. They become celebrated. We celebrate our liberties and our freedoms more than any generation that has come before us, yet there has never, ever in our history been more depression, more suicide, more debt, and more broken families than there is now. Ever in our history. The world is entrapped in the deceptions and the lies of the spiritual realms of darkness. And as Christians, let me tell you, you are not void of these traps. You are still vulnerable of falling into these lies and these deceptions of the enemy. In fact, I'd say maybe you've just got a big bullseye drawn right on you. But before we go there, let me just give you some really good news. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. There is no power or authority or dominion. There is no name or power that is higher or can even come close to Jesus. Uh, you need to know this when we're talking about the issues of the enemy and Satan. This is not a yin-yang. This is not a who's going to come out on top. There is no demon that can separate you from the love of God. There is no lie that can trump a promise of the living God. There is no scheme of the enemy that can hinder God's plan or the building of his church. Only God is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He was before Satan, and he'll be there way after Satan, and he will be destroyed. Only God is omniscient, which means he knows all things. Only God is everywhere, all present. Only God is all-powerful. This is not an equal fight. Jesus is the winner. Jesus is our defender, our comforter. He is our helper. He is our guide. He has disarmed Satan's power, and he's made a mockery of them on the cross. This is the Jesus that we serve and that we come to and who comes alongside. But, but Satan is the most influential and powerful created being on this planet, have no doubt. 
The Bible makes that very clear. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking that he has no power or influence over us and the world. He is not silly. Ephesians 2, Paul, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, he is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. In 1 John 5, it says that the whole world lies in his power. Interestingly, we, we sometimes talk about Jesus when he goes into the desert and he has this kind of altercation with the devil and he tempts Jesus. What's one of the things that the devil offers him? He says, I will give you the nations of the world. Why? How? Because he can. Because he owns them. Why? Because the very thing that God gave us to rule over the world, we gave it to him. If Jesus' anthem is on earth as it is in heaven, like we were just singing, the devil's anthem is on earth as it is in hell. And he is hell-bent. He is hell-bent on wreaking as much havoc and destruction as he possibly can. Jesus describes Satan as the father of lies. He describes him as a thief who comes only to uh, steal and to kill and to destroy. Now listen... We do not need to fear the devil. You don't, because who's holding you? Jesus. You, don't, you do not need to fear the devil, but, boy, do we need to be aware of his schemes and his plans and his working. And can I just say, I think, particularly in a Western culture, we are sometimes oblivious to what he is doing. And we are sometimes falling right into his traps without even knowing it. We need to be aware of the devil's schemes. It says this in Ephesians 6. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? This is not a war with bullets and guns, but it's against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is what this war is against. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy... He does what? He prowls, aloud, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's what the enemy's like. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be lunch. So, so we need to be aware of his schemes. We need to be aware of these traps so that we can fight against them. So I'm just going to pick up on uh, a few strategies that the devil utilizes, and then we'll look at what weapons God has given us to fight uh, against them. All right, so let me just quickly use an illustration. This is one of the illustrations that are in the Freedom in Christ material. I think it's very helpful uh, because the Apostle Paul uses this kind of walk, the Christian life, as one like running a race. Have we got any runners in here? Don't worry, I'm not going to pick you. I was just like, oh, Jackie, great, brilliant. Hey, Tom, lovely to see you. So we've got some runners in here. And a run generally has a starting point and it has an end point, right? I mean, that would be a rather long race. If It would be like, happy, oh, not Happy Gilmore. It is Happy, no, it's not. Forrest Gump. It would be like Forrest Gump, wouldn't it? Just no end. It would just keep going and going. I wasn't calling you Forrest Gump, Paul. He was looking at me like, did he just call me Happy Gilmore? Sorry, I deviate. So a race, it has a beginning, and it has an end. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. Um, he says this. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by a cloud of great witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, anything that entangles and sin which closely holds on, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And at a different point in scripture, he talks about us finishing the race well. This is, the, this is the end point. This is our goal in our Christian faith is, I want to be someone who runs through the tape hard, and God says, you ran a good race. I, I hope that's you as well. I hope you, whether you're young or old, say, I, I want on that day, whether it's whenever it is, because we don't know when it is, but I pray that when I get, hit that finishing tape, God looks at me and says, well done, good, faithful servant. You ran a good race. And let me tell you this. This is the picture that they do in Freedom in Christ. What the devil cannot do is just stand and block your path. What he can't do is physically hold you back and stop you running from the race. He can't do that. But I'll tell you what he does do, and he does it very effectively. He has a big mouth, and he will shout all day from the sidelines. And he will shout it loud to you and to me. None of us can actually ever say, the devil made me do that. Actually, you're going to give him far too much credit by saying that. Think about it. The devil cannot actually make us do anything as followers of Jesus. We have to choose it. We choose it. To get us to choose evil or to choose to fall into temptation, our enemy has to fault us into walking down a path other than the one or the race other than the one that Jesus has set before us. That's all he can do is to try and convince us and to tell us lies, to give us misinformation that the race we are on is not the one that we really should be on. He shouts from the sidelines, so what does he do? Well, you know, you're kind of running along in your Christian faith, and out of nowhere, you suddenly start getting these temptations and these thoughts where actually... Oh man, I've been meeting with my non-Christian friends. They just seem to be having such a better time than me. Man, it wouldn't it be just so tempting to just go out and do some of those things that they do, those tempting thoughts that come and kind of play havoc in our minds at times. Those aren't just there for no reason. They are there to trip you up and to stumble you on your race to get into that finish line. The enemy will shout all of these temptations and all these things to try and persuade you that actually there is something better. And that is the equivalent, if you like, of clickbait. That thing that, if, oh man, if only I do that, or it's so appealing that maybe, if, well, if I just go there, if I just visit that page, if I do it, that is all clickbait is, and it's all the devil loves to do in temptation. It would just be so much better if you could just taste and experience this. This will give you the desires of your heart. Look at what's over there. It will make you feel better. No one will know. It won't have any real consequences. It won't actually slow down your race. Those are temptations. Anyone feel like they get... Maybe this is just me. I think everyone can say, absolutely. They get temptations. What about accusations? I don't know about you, but maybe at times you think, oh, actually, I feel like I've won a battle there. I was tempted and I didn't do it. But sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I could be tempted to do something or say something or act in a way which I shouldn't. And then what happens? Suddenly, there's someone else shouting from the other sideline. They're saying, you call yourself a Christian? 
What, you're just going to get back on the race and pretend it never happened? We all know who you really are. You're going to get found out you are. These are lies of accusations. And again, in the Bible it says that Jesus is not going to be accusing us. We are free from guilt and condemnation in Christ Jesus if we know him. Every accusation, it says in Colossians, is being nailed on the cross. When the accuser comes and brings lies of accusations, you can say, not me, Jesus has paid the full penalty. <laughs> These lies of accusations. You blew it again. You, you might as well give up. Do you really believe that stuff? You're a fraud. All of these things. Or maybe it could be just deception. Maybe they're just lies. God isn't who he says he is. What you say, God is love. What about that situation in your life? Where was God there? These are all things that discouragement, disappointment, upset, pain, mysteries, things of God that we just do not understand and will never understand. They are great opportunities for the enemy to come in and say, you really going to worship and serve him? He's, he's not even going to give an answer to that situation in your life. They are all lies and accusations and deceptions from the enemy, and their sole purpose is to steal and to destroy and to kill and take you off that running race to take your mind off the finishing race, to take your mind off of Jesus and the truth of who you really are and actually look down at who you could or would have been had it not been for Jesus. Is that really who you are? All of these things we can and do at times fall into the devil's trap. But listen, we have to be aware of them. We need to be able to spot the lies of the enemy when they come. So let me just give us just one minute just to pause for a moment and to just invite the Holy Spirit to just come and provoke our hearts and our minds of where we have been believing and settled on lies in our minds. And these are things that sometimes they just come and they come and they come and they come. But I believe that in this room today, there are people that have got some long-term lies that they have been holding onto and it's very much shaped who you are and what you believe. And the Holy Spirit today just wants to start the journey of starting to unravel that, which I think is just highlighting to you, you really believe this and that is not true of me. You really think this of yourself and that is not what I have spoken over you. So let's just give one minute and just see what God wants to say to us. I sometimes find it heaps helpful just to even just close my eyes. It just helps me to stop getting distracted. And just say, Holy Spirit, just right now, just in my mind, highlight something, a lie a deception, an accusation. Maybe it's a fleshly desire like Sam spoke about last week where I just, I've been falling for that lie that that is going to give me pleasure. Let's just have a moment. Holy Spirit, thank you for just highlighting these things to us and we give them to you 
and we ask you to forgive us for where we have fallen proud to the, the trappings of the evil one and have believed, are convinced of the truth of that lie. <laughs> and we choose right now, you could even name it before God and say, I renounce the lie that that is true and replace it with, a, with the truth and say, but I believe that God, you will never leave me and forsake me. I believe that you, I am who you say I am. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer condemned. I've been forgiven. All right? You could just literally just do that now. That's the start of a journey. Okay, so how do we wage war then against the powers of darkness? How do we deal with the temptations and the deceptions and the lies and the accusations? Because they do come and they will continue to come. Well, firstly, you need to know who you are. I mean, you need to really know who you are. Because a lot of those deceptions, a lot of those lies, they are just an attack on your identity to try and convince you that you are someone other than you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is my challenge for you this week. I would love it if we as a church could memorize this verse. I would love it if you could commit to memorizing this piece of scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? That was rubbish, guys. Come on. If anyone is in Christ, he is a? The old has gone. Behold, the has come. Listen, that is one of the best weapons that you can carry with you any day of the week. When that deception comes in, when that lie comes in, you say, do you know what? I am a child of God. I am a new creation. The old, he's gone. Behold, the new's come. The newly nevy's here. The new Simon Thurston's here. Yeah? The new Sarah Burgess is here. Something has changed. Something fundamentally is different. But this, this is so key. It's like, you know, when you button up a shirt. My daughter, bless her, she does her school shirt up, and she gets the first button wrong, and then everything else is all kind of janky. It's all out of place. We need to get this first button right so that everything else falls into place. If you do not know who you are, then when those lies and accusations come in, We have not got a firm foundation to stand on and to fight the enemy. It's the first thing. We need to know who we are. We need to be convinced of this from the starting point. We have been reborn or born of the Spirit, as Jesus says in John 3. And this is not a work of us. This is a work of God. This is a work of the Spirit. And it means that we this morning, if you are a Christian this morning, you can say, I have been ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, I'm a new creation. It means we really can live a life free from guilt and shame. It means we really do have in us a new heart with new desires, new passions, new motives, not because it's what I have done, but because of what the Spirit has done in regenerating my heart and bringing me back to life. It means we are no longer slaves to sin, at enmity or at war, opposed to God. That's not the case anymore. That was my old self, my new self. I'm free from the power of sin. I'm free from the curse of death. I'm free to be in relationship with God, to be connected with him, to be a slave now to righteousness, to be able to make choices to do good instead of bad, to live choices which honor and give glory to God. 
How good is it to know that I can please God? Oh man, does that not do something in your heart that God can look at you and be pleased with you? That you can bless his heart? That you can bring him joy? And bring him glory again? I'm I'm a new creation. (laughs) It's only because I'm a new creation that all of those things are true. If you do not believe that you are a new creation then you are really going to struggle when it comes to fighting the lies of the enemy. We've got to know this stuff. This is not self-help, but a Holy Spirit enabling of God. It's not about trying really hard. It's about following really closely. You are a new creation. The devil cannot change who you are in Christ. But he will do everything he can to convince you that you are not who you are. We need to know who we are. Second thing, so we need to know who we are. Second thing, we need to change what we are listening to. You need to change what channels. You know like those old FM radios where you kind of like on a frequency and then you kind of and then suddenly get onto it. Some of us are just listening to the wrong stuff. You are filling your minds and your thinking with stuff which is rubbish. Rubbish about who you are, rubbish about what is valued, rubbish about what will make you happy. You're filling your minds with rubbish. And one of the primary ways we do battle against the enemy is by being gatekeepers, if you like, of what goes into our minds and what we allow into our hearts. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard those hearts. Why? Because everything we do flows from it. Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, right, pure, lovely, noble, admirable. Think about these things. 2 Corinthians 10, take every thought captive. Jesus sees our primary war against the devil as a fight to believe truth and not lies. I'll say that again. Jesus sees our primary weapon of war against the devil as a fight to believe truth and reject lies. It was John Mark Comer in this book, he says this, when Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he was simultaneously saying that we're enslaved by lies. Jesus has come to liberate us with the weapon of truth. But no, it is your and my responsibility to be the curate, if you like, of what goes in and what is going out. No one else can do that for you, not even God. You have a choice. In fact, your days will be full of choices where you choose. Am I going to allow this in or am I going to say no? And unless we're feeding ourselves on truth, you'll be easy pickings for the enemy when they put a lie right under your nose. Because you know what? They're so clever. They're so clever. I was was looking this week, and there were some fake news articles, and some of them were just so obvious, it was laughable, but there were some that would almost convince it's true. Why? Because 95% of it is true. And this is what the enemy is so good at doing. If, If you don't know the truth really well, they will say enough truth for you to be convinced that they're saying the truth. And you fall for a trap. They're very clever. Did God really say you couldn't do any of that? No. He said, I just can do that. 
but it's so close to the truth, it could even make you believe, I think maybe this is right. Maybe this is true. It's just deception. Uh, This morning, again, Maya, my, my girl, she was doing a spot the difference picture. She was doing a spot the difference. And the only way you can see what is wrong or missing or added to the second picture is by looking at the first, looking at the original. And if you're not studying the original design, if you're not filling ourselves, if we're not filling ourselves with truth, you will not and cannot identify the devil's edits when he comes along. He just adds that little thing, just removes that little thing there. We need to know the truth in order to wage war against the lies of the enemy. So let's just get really practical, just for a moment. For many of us, we allow rubbish in and wonder why there's so much rubbish coming out in our thought life and in our thinking and our, even in our actions. Let me just ask you, what is the first thing you go to in the morning? What's the first thing you're looking at? What's the last thing you're looking at as you go to bed? What kind of material are you watching or reading or listening to? Because our fight with the demonic is first and foremost a fight to take back control of our minds from their captivity to lies and liberate them with the weapon of truth. Some of you do need to change what you're watching or what you're reading or how much time you're on your phone. Many of us actually are enslaved to our phones. You'll be shocked if you just look at your screen time, if you've got an iPhone, just see how much time you actually spend on your phone. I think you'll be surprised. We need to be better gatekeepers. The simple process of mind to thought to action to habit to character plays out, and it leads you to either further slavery and bondage or to freedom and fruitfulness, but it comes one choice at a time. One opportunity to either click on the clickbait, the temptation, or one to just say, that is not where true fulfillment is found. To say, to say yes to Jesus' invitation is to say no to a thousand other things. Or put it this way, it's a thousand tiny deaths that lead to one massive life. And the last thing, just very briefly before I finish, third thing we need to do, we need to pick up our weapons. We need to pick up our weapons so we can actually fight. So we need to walk in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. God is with us and he enables us to fight this fight. He is the speaker of all truth, the very opposite of the devil. Jesus said, actually, I'm going to send this Holy Spirit to you that will remind you of all these things that I've commanded and taught you. That's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. And what was begun by a walk of the Spirit, remember I said, it's that because the Holy Spirit made us alive, can only be sustained by the Spirit. This is not self-help. This is Spirit-enabled. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18, put on your spiritual armor of God. We know it very familiarly. It's a very familiar passage. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Right? This is what we're talking about. How do we stand against the schemes of the devil? Well, he's going to tell us. He says this. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts and lies and accusations and deceptions of the enemy. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. Guys, this list here is not like a load of, you know, scout badges. I did that once. I've got the badge. It doesn't work like that. These are weapons, active daily weapons and choices that we can use to fight and extinguish the enemy and the accusations and the lies. We need to use them. And then just very lastly, and this is something that just during worship, it just came to my mind. I think we need to use the spiritual gift and the warfare of confession. That sounds crazy because I think we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater because there's some people who do it great and some people do it terribly. The worst thing is that we don't do it at all. It talks about in James, it talks actually the power of the demonic, of the power of the enemy over us in sin is broken when we bring it out in the light. Why is that? It's because the devil operates in darkness. So we need to get better at just being open and honest and transparent and having a bit of integrity and just saying, look, this is where I know the den enemy is lying to me and and tripping me up. And it talks about Galatians. We need, to bear with, we need to bear up one another in this. This is a family thing. This is like when you go to war, you don't go to war as an individual. You go as a team of people and you cover one another's backs. Let me just pray for us before Paul finishes as I've already gone over. Uh, God, I just want to thank you for your truth. I want to thank you that you are our redeemer. You are our healer. I want to thank you for Sarah's prayer earlier on. Lord God, we will. We're going to shout it from the rooftops that we are new creations. <laughs> Not because of anything we've done, but because you are so gracious and merciful. I want to thank you that you have poured the Holy Spirit into us and you enable us to live lives and to run races that give glory and are pleasing to you. But Lord, I pray, would we not be conformed to the patterns of this world? Lord, but transform us by the renewing of our minds. Would you help us to be good, better gatekeepers of what we have coming into our hearts that we may display for your glory? Lord God, to those around us, we pray in Jesus' name. We, 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 we declare God's promises over, I, I declare God's promises over each and every individual right here. And where there are lies, Lord God, we want to renounce those lies right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, Lord God, we want to wage war. Lord God, where maybe we are sleepy, where maybe we haven't even been, we've been oblivious to some of this stuff going on. Lord, we say, Get our eyes fixed, Lord God, on you, but also help us to be aware of the ploys of the enemy, that we may take up our armor and that we may fight the good fight of faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.